We're here at Curran today, and uh, Sherry Mandel is with us, award-winning author of The Blessing of a Broken Heart, and recently the book entitled The Road to Resilience, which was released by the Toby Press, a division of Curran Publishers. Sherry Mandel and her family made headlines back in 2001 when her son Kobe and his best friend Yosef were murdered by terrorists in a cave. They were 13 years old. She and her husband Seth subsequently established the Kobe Mandel Foundation, which runs Camp Kobe for bereaved children and families, and wrote her award-winning spiritual memoir, The Blessing of a Broken Heart, knowing that time is the great healer. Sherry released her sequel, The Road to Resilience, from Chaos to Celebration, a Toby Press release. Uh, Welcome to JMAM. Thank you. It's a... I'm not hearing it. I'm sorry. It's a pleasure to reunite with you here in Jerusalem. And um, and congratulations on the brand new book. Uh, it's funny. I was thinking back as I was reading this book about our conversation we had many, many years ago when your first book was released. And um, I'll never forget you portraying the day of Kobe's funeral and what you as a mother were going through that day. Obviously, as one might suspect, the tremendous grief and and torment that you were going through and at the same time you told us a story of, i think you know what i'm about to say you told us a story that on the way to the funeral which was very well covered by the press and very well attended and very crowded and it really what they'd say i guess a balagan right a lot of people and you are and one of your kids is saying he's hungry and he needs something to eat and you have to figure out how to run and get a bag of potato chips or something for him to eat. And that was sort of like a balance where you t- explained to us at that time in this terrible throes of grief, you're figuring out how to maintain some type of normalcy. And that is, that's somewhat of a, of a symbol of the aftermath of an episode like that, right? Well, I think also Gavi was six years old then. We may have to, we're going to have to switch. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I apologize. Sorry about that. Gavi, the son that you're referring to, who asked yeah. you for that snack, right? He was six years old right. then. On the day of his and brother's funeral. It was him who was saying, Mommy, Ima, you still have a family and pay attention to us. So it was really his childlike brilliance that from the beginning called out to us that life is very strong. And in fact, I went to a shiva for Uri um, Ansbacher. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, because she lives in Tekoa, the family. And I walked in, and somebody was speaking. They were giving a long speech. And the mother saw me, and she knows me, and she just started crying. And before I had walked in, I thought, what am I going to say? And the only thing that came to me that I would say was, I was just going to say, you know, life wins. Life wins. But I didn't say anything. And I really didn't need to say anything. Because she she saw that I was alive. What's interesting is everything you describe in this book, the new book is called The Road to Resilience, From Chaos to Celebration. Everything you describe in this book, you, you really experience from the beginning of this whole process. In other words, some might think that this, I'm holding up the book as I speak to you, that this started a year later, two years later, five years later. All of this really started the day of the funeral. With that revelation, with that, with that, you know, discovery that there's that there needs to be this balance going forward, right? Well, I think that it's Hashem who sends you the balance because, and other people, other people, they become messengers of God because when you have a tragedy, it's very hard to see God. But all these people come into your life, like the community, 
And they offer you love and kindness. And they give so much to you that it's like they're messengers of God. And they allow you to continue. But in terms of process from chaos to celebration... Mm -hmm. And interesting you used the word celebration, but we can talk about that later. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm not celebrating (laughs) my son's murder. Understood. It's that there is the ability for a joy that's a different joy. Because when you know what suffering is, and we see it at camp... The kids, it's the happiest camp in the world because the kids are so thrilled to let go of that burden of grief. And it's not a continuum. It's not like I left chaos behind. There's lots of like landmines. Mm -hmm. So, for example, last week I went to get my Tudatsahut, my identity card. And on that that card you have a sefach, an addendum, I guess it's called, of your children. And the clerk looked at me and she said, do you want me to include all the names of your children? Because it said, Kobe Zichron Lebracha. And I was like, yes. But that's an example where all of a sudden I'm, I'm so innocent and I'm plunged into this chaos because she's really being insensitive, I thought. And this is 18 years later. Yeah, it never ends. It never ends. What I found most interesting in this new book is your description of how the landscape changes after every major change in life. You're, you're, you're sort of warning people. I mean, it's, I'm, I've lost close relatives. And ironically, my father's yard site's tonight, and we're speaking. And, every, and I said this every time when my parents passed away, my brother passed away. I said, what's interesting is that every time the landscape changes, the reality becomes completely different. And if you think that it's not going to be that way. You're fooling yourself. And the beginning of this book, you make that point in such a strong fashion. Obviously, in your case, it was so stark. But really, in every case of grief, even the more common ones, excuse the, the way I portray it like that, has this, you know, it's a new world. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a completely new reality out there. Yeah, it's not like you become resilient. Resilience is a lifelong process. And also, I define re- resilience as not going back to who you were. It's becoming bigger. It's becoming greater. So I don't think you go all the way back to who you were. Because I was talking to my daughter this morning. It's like the clea. You're not enough to contain sometimes what happens to you. And that's why the community has to be that clea. The community has to be that container that can help you bear some of some some of the awful pain we go through. Does it include the worldwide community? Because in your case, in your case, it was global, the reaction. For sure. And also in America and in in the five towns in Englewood. And so many people reached out to us and are still on our board and are still the ones who give us the ability to run Camp Kobe and the Kobe Mandel Foundation. But it's also an enlargement. Anytime you're enlarged by something that would make you smaller then it, it creates resilience. That's, that's my definition. But it's also the definition of the Jewish people because the community that the Jewish people create, it's predicated on kindness. There's this commandment about kindness that the community has a responsibility to take care of the individual. And when the individual experiences that kindness, then they're able to create more kindness. So I think it's really like the secret key of the Jewish people. Speaking of Sherry Mandel, the book is The Road to Resilience. Back then, we spoke about how people forget for a moment, not to 
that all minimized it, the Kobe Mandela Foundation and the worldwide reaction, which is amazing. But you were talking with us then about the people who were doing laundry for you, the people who were cooking meals for you, the people who were driving your kids to school, that those were the people who really came through with, with, with the chesed that you're describing that really helped you get out of that, you know, or start to get out of this, you know, terrible grief. If not for them, can someone remain in in that in that state of grief, if not for them, would it be? Oh yeah, people. First of all, some people can't accept the help. It's there, but they refuse it. And then there's some people who are really isolated. And it really, we see that grief can destroy people, and it can destroy families, and it can destroy generations. That's why, like next week, we have a, a retreat for 25 widows. We run Camp Kobe for 400 kids. Because we create a community where people understand each other and also they understand that they're not alone because that's also what people suffer from is this feeling that nobody can understand me. Nobody can relate to it. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows the pain I live with. But if you relate to other – if you let like other people into your life and then you form a bigger community – then there's a kind of, I wouldn't say transcendence, because you never transcend it, but there's a transformation. You become a different person. So when you're in Tekoa two weeks ago at the Shiva Cold you're describing, you're, you're somewhat saying to yourself, I have to go, because nobody there's going to know, can relate to that person. I at least can relate to the, to the family that I, I, I at least... Well, a lot of people went, a lot of terrorists. Who unfortunately had. Yeah, there were, uh, we were not the only family right. there, and we're not the only family in Tekoa who's had terrible tragedy. But I remembered for our shiva, there was a bereaved mother who came, and she looked great. She looked alive, and it wasn't what she said. I saw, wow, this woman is still alive. You know, and that was and that was very that comforting. was the most important thing to me. Like that, she you was, saw someone who survived this. She was evidence. It didn't matter what anybody said to me. I said, "I'm not going to die from this," even though I wanted to. And you have heard, I'm sure, of cases where families break up, couples break up because of whether it's terrorism, whether it's accidental deaths, whatever it is. Again, when that reality changes or that landscape changes, many people have difficulty dealing with it. Right. So that's why in the foundation, that's where we try to step in and offer support because it's too much for a family to bear. That's what I think people don't understand, that the pain is just literally could kill you. So how can how can you and your husband and your children carry that? You need other people to help hold it. And if someone walked in right now and in some type of similar situation and said to you, there's no way I could survive. There's no way I can make it. What would you say to them? I would say you you will survive it, but you have a choice of how you're going to survive it. And in order to survive, the first step is to receive from other people. Just allow yourself to receive because maybe your friends, there are people who might say stupid things. Oh, sorry. sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> there are people maybe who might not be there to support you. But I can promise you, Hashem is going to send you angels. You probably heard a lot of stupid things. <laughs> you could write a book about those, right? We love the stupid things. Really? I say stupid things. Everybody <laughs> says it stupid things. It shows you things. that people are human, huh? It's impossible not to. In our last minute here, this is what you do in the book. And I hope, I don't know if you're ever in the United States, but I'd love to do this at length. I am. I'd love to do this at length one day. But you start with chaos, and these are all C's, I guess, for a reason. Right. 
Kobe I, I or like not necessarily C. Kobe? No. Oh, Kobe was a K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be good. No? It's just a nice letter. Chaos community choice. This is all stages, right? Chaos community, yeah. you describe community. Right. Choice, choice, you just said. Yeah. You, you get to choose how you want to survive this. Right. You can survive it in a very difficult fashion or not. Creativity. Yeah. And I, I read the creativity chapter. I was a little confused about it. You want people to, that if they infuse more creativity and projects in their life, it may help them get through the process? Is that it? It's not just a project. It's that God gives everybody some talent that they, they, they need to express in the world. So, And if they use that to, in fact, express, it will help this, this it journey. It helps the energy because pain is power. And if the pain gets stuck in you, then... It can make you sick, but if you can express it, then you can move on to do greater things. And it could be writing a book, or it can just be making lemon pie. It's that you're using that energy to create. Commemoration, and, yeah. that, and that I assume means for the person who passed away, right? Yeah, but commemoration in Hebrew is hansecha, which is netzach, which is eternity. Right. So you're bringing some of their soul into your life and into the world and it it can be something that they loved or valued and it's something i think of it almost as a sod something that needs to be born from this tragedy and sometimes in the commemoration you find it if it's a very meaningful and deep commemoration like camp kobe because kobe was a kid and he loved to have fun and then uh, we always think of him in the baseball cap right that's the picture that went around the world and then consecration and celebration because again even though no one's ignoring the grief of the past or of the present, still there's an ability to celebrate and to incorporate some some real lively. How do we put it? Some some real life into one's life, right? Even during the shiva, we were laughing. There were like such hysterical. Oh, I know things. what that's like, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> you have to laugh, <laughs> right? That's true. And also, you understand the value of life. You understand how important each moment is, and you see the world in a more divine way because you see really that life is a miracle because it can be taken god forbid does that period of time right before log bomber it's hell it is every year oh yeah i every year i think what's the matter with me I, i forget like i feel like i have to be i should be on antidepressants i can't i can't bear this no it's like even physically, even if I didn't know what date it was, some, somehow physically and other people tell me this, you are just thrown into that time period again. And it's like, I mean, it's not as bad, but it's still not fun. I don't know how this is going to sound after this conversation, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. A celebration. It's been a real celebration speaking to you. And I hope we get a chance to do this again because I still have another another hundred questions to ask you. Sherry Mandel's brand new book is called The Road to Resilience from Chaos to Celebration, a Toby press release, which means the folks here at Coran have been very helpful to you, I'm sure. They're my community. And they're great. They're amazing. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you. Uh, We're in Israel. We are uh, in the midst of our NSN On the Road in Israel week, and it all starts here at Cohen Publishers.